welcome to February the 13th, 2022. And um, we were just saying earlier how cool that's going to be. In one month's time, an extra hour. And uh, hopefully it will be healthy for us. <laughs> and for all the reasons that, uh, that uh, God knows. So um, I'm excited. Uh, this morning, we're going to have uh, the, the main love of my life, the, my squeeze, my the one that has proven that she can live through every storm having living with me for 38 years. And um, I think I'm one of her topics. I, I'm either a wonder or an awe. I'm not sure, but she's going to talk about wonder and awe. So I'm kind of waiting for that to come to the surface at some point, but uh, uh, yeah. Isn't it always about me? Isn't that the, no, I'm just kidding. Anyway, I think it's, um, uh, it's going to be fun. She, uh, she, my my lovely wife, uh, celebrated my my birthday this with me this week. And usually, when it's weekdays, you kind of just my life is just kind of let it go by, and you wait to the weekends. But we took a day off and headed to the to the mountains and did birthday, and it was a ton of fun. It was a lot of fun. But this is, uh, and I got I got more texts than I have. I it took me probably three hours just to respond to the texts somehow. Um, Anyway, let's get let's get going, and because uh, I know um, I know my w- lovely wife Jen. When she prepares, she prepares, <laughs> and uh, and she has so much to share and to give. And um, yeah, she's always been. Uh, for those who don't know, when I first met her, she was like the spiritual giant that I wanted to. She'd already gone around the world. She'd already, you know, done mission trips and I hadn't done anything yet. And I was like, ah. first time I, I saw her, uh, she came and visited the church I was attending. She had a friend there and she was on her way to a mission going to YWAM or something. And um, I remember looking at, looking at her and I go, man, she's a cool girl. Like, look at what she's wearing. She's on a mission. She's free. And uh, little did I know. She'd corral me or I would corral her and uh, <laughs> she still does all those things. So <laughs> join me this morning in welcoming the guest speaker who sleeps in my bed, <laughs> Jennifer Redding. Yes. Well, thank you. I hope that part gets erased. <laughs> and by the way, happy Valentine's Day tomorrow. So everybody. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, Valentine's tomorrow. Lots of us are wearing red, which is kind of fun. I love red. I think I wore so much of it around Christmas, though. I took a little bit of a break from it. Now I'm like, I'm ready again to get break out into the red. <laughs> so good to see you all. And uh, yeah, I do appreciate prayer. I'm going to just open in prayer. So Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for hungry hearts. And Lord, I just pray that I could stay in a position of humility and let you deliver and share what, what's been on your heart in Jesus' name. Yeah, I don't speak all the time, as you know, and I haven't felt a message all fall. Um, and that kind of bothered me a little bit. I talked to the Lord about it. I think there was, I, I won't even go into that now. Um, but... All of a sudden, a couple weeks ago, I was aware there was some things brewing. And I know when there's something he wants me to share. So I trust that, um, yeah, I can deliver this and your hearts can receive. 
So it is an awe and wonderment. I'm going to start with the scripture. I'm going to get to awe and wonderment. In Psalm 27, 1 and 3, in the New International Version, David is talking. He says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and foes who will stumble and fall. Verse three, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. And I was picturing this. Maybe just take a few minutes and let your imagination go. Picture this came out of David's heart. You know, um, picture a movie either, I don't know, the Marvel movie, The Black Panther or um, Braveheart, and there's the battle lines. The two sides have taken their stance for battle. And the bows are ready to be launched or the missiles or the weapons are ready to be launched. They're facing each other. There's a distance between them. And one side like releases their bows or their weapons. And then the other side releases theirs back. And you, you know, you can picture this. And then all of a sudden you see who's got the advantage. On one side, some uh, there's some casualties. Some are falling, some are faltering. And the stronger uh, side continues to launch their weapons, their bows. And the more powerful side advances. And I think this is a picture of, you know, J uh, James and Denise Jordan from the Father Heart Ministry say, the enemy is not our enemy, we're his enemy. And I think that's a picture of what the enemy tries to do to us. You know, in the spiritual realm, he launches attacks. He does a lot of things that would cause us to be fearful, to uh, gain momentum, to stop belief that God is good and he's with us. And but really, uh, this is not really what happens. David says, when the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies who will stumble and fall. So the enemies, those forces in the spiritual realm, they don't get the victory. The Lord and what he says and who he is, he's the one who gets the victory. He goes on to say, though an army beseech me, my heart will not fear. Wow. The war break out against me, even then I will be confident. Can you imagine this? Like just picture maybe a battle scene from World War II. Just if you were that person sitting some field, maybe in Europe somewhere where World War II took place. And all of a sudden, an army besieged me. Or war broke out around you, just sitting there minding your own business, eating your lunch. And David says, even then, my heart will not fear. War breaks out around me. Even then, I will be confident. I love David. I, I'm in awe of Father and the Lord Jesus, but I'm in awe of David. Like, this came out. How, how did he stay in that place of faith, peace, no fear? in the midst of battles raging around him. Um, it reminds me of another verse 
that I think I've shared before and I meditate on a lot in the Passion, Psalm 25, verse 5. Um, <clears throat> David is saying again, you become my delicious feast, even when my enemies surround me. I think I quoted that right, but Graham Cook had a vision about this, and I love this vision. See if I can recount it. He had a picture of a bare field, and he was there, and all the demonic were around him, and he saw the Lord, the Lord Jesus, and he he was like the waiter, you know, with the uh, the entree with the towel over his arm, and there was this beautiful banquet table laid out, and the Lord Jesus was saying, "Come." sit down, enjoy the feast. And all the demonic were all around. And, you know, that was David's heart. He said, you become my delicious feast, even when my enemies dare to fight. How did David do that? How did he stay in that place of uh, faith and not fear? In a previous message, I talked on joy. I talked about staying in the resting place of God's luxurious love was one of the ways we can stay in faith, not fear. <clears throat> but I'd like to suggest today that David stayed in a place of faith, no fear, because he stayed in awe and wonderment of his God and who his God was. I'm going to read you another scripture. Later in that same psalm that I quoted, Psalm 27, uh, he says, One thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. He also said, this is David again in Psalm 63, verses 3 and 5, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Verse 5, I will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. He's saying God's love is better than life. He's sat, is satisfied with him or more than feasting at a delicious banquet. <clears throat> and then in Psalm 139, which you're all familiar with, in the Passion Translation, I'm going to read you verse 5 and 6. David says, you've gone into my future to prepare the way. And in kindness... You follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. With your hand of love on my life, you impart a blessing to me. This is just too deep, too wonderful, and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder, there it is, and strength wonder and strength. So I would like to suggest that the reason David was able to stay in a place of peace, no fear, was that he stayed in a place of awe and wonderment of his God, his father. And he knew God as father. He referred to him as his daddy, as his father. <clears throat> so
So what is awe and wonderment? I'm going to try to tell you a little story to illustrate it. <clears throat> this isn't my story, but I heard it on a podcast. And uh, you can listen to this podcast. I think it was Bethel uh, Sunday morning service. Michael Douglas, I believe, was his name. And this is his story. And he uh, was a frequent flyer with his business. So he would fly in first class. And he relates this story of a little boy, six years old, flying for the first time with his father. And he said they all got on the plane. And everybody who flies first class has earned enough points that they're very used to it. So they just get in, buckle up their seatbelts, pull out their laptops or their iPads and get to work. But he said this dad was with his six-year-old son and his son had the window seat. And he was so excited and he sits down and he's looking out the window. Nobody else is looking out their windows. And he says, dad, dad, I see men out there with vests on. What are they doing? And then a few minutes later, dad, dad, I see suitcases. Dad, they're loading the luggage. Do you see, think we'll see our luggage? And everybody else continues to work and, this little boy is so excited. And then he can hardly contain himself when the plane starts moving. It starts rolling. They haven't even started flying. Dad, we're moving. <laughs> and then, Dad, we're flying. <laughs> and then, Dad, Dad, I see puffy white things. What are they? It's like his dad says, they're clouds. It's like, Dad, I see the sun. Can you believe it? And this man relates that. This little boy's enthusiasm and excitement was so contagious that everyone else who normally did their work on the plane stopped their work, closed their laptops, and started talking to each other. Unheard of. <clears throat> what am I recounting? I'm recounting the story of a little boy who saw things for the first time who was fully present. He wasn't looking at things with old, tired eyes. Everyone else had gotten familiar with flying. They were used to it. They lost the wonder and awe of the experience. <clears throat> I wanna quote a Jewish uh, rabbi, a Polish-born American rabbi. Leading theologian born in 1907, Joshua Heschel, he said, I did not ask for success. I asked for wonder. Yeah, the people on that plane around that little boy had just lost. They'd gotten so familiar with flying, they'd lost the awe and wonder of what was really happening. <clears throat> so what is the opposite of awe and wonderment? If we're tr to try to understand what awe and wonderment is, what's the opposite? I'd like to say, I think it's when things seem old, the same, familiar. We take things for granted. We can get disillusioned, distracted, 
I've heard a lot of this in COVID. I, I think it's really understandable. I felt it almost like these two years of like when we were in lockdown, especially everything seemed the same. <laughs> you kind of forget what really happened because it all seemed like a big blur, all the same. Um, people weren't, this, didn't have, or didn't, it's starting to open up the same freedom to travel and see new places and get away and be with people. <clears throat> this can happen in so many areas of getting familiar, getting used to things, taking things for granted with our families, our spouses, our jobs, our walk with the Lord. I don't know about you, but I've had the privilege of walking with the Lord. Maybe I shouldn't say walking with the Lord. I've of knowing the Lord, of being in relationship with him for over 40 years. <laughs> that dates me. <laughs> I know him since I was a little girl, but really to make him number one in my life, the Lord of my life has been over 40 years. And things can get familiar. We can lose the awe and wonder. Do you remember? When you first came to faith, how excited you were. It was all so new and wonderful. Do you remember when you first started hearing God's voice? I mean, when you first came to faith, you would go to any meeting just to be with like-minded believers, just to connect with those who understood what you were experiencing, a connection with Almighty God. And um, I like to say that Father wants us to stay in that place of awe, wonderment, and in our first love. The Bible talks about first love in Revelations 2.4. Uh, I'm going to go into this more later, but it says in the New International Version, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. And this can happen to all of us. Happened to me. <laughs> so how do we stay in awe and wonderment of God? Father wants us to stay in awe and wonderment. How do we stay in this place? And you know, I'm not talking about living in false reality. I'm not talking about being in denial <laughs> of what's actually happening around us. I've had some hard things that I've experienced in my life. I watched my mom die of bowel cancer when I was 42. Her bowels blocked. She was gone in a month. I watched my dad, who I had a, a wonderful relationship with, an intelligent, warm, loving man, I would say slowly die of demente over 10 years. A man who mentored me, loved me well, and every time I'd see him, It'd be like I lost a little bit more of him over the last 10 years. It was a grieving continually. I had a foot surgery three years ago that altered my life and might change my lifestyle. There's things I can't do anymore that I used to be able to do. My daughter's been diagnosed with cancer. I'm not saying that we don't experience hard things. I'm not talking about living in a false reality or denial. But David stayed in a place of awe and wonderment. And the Lord talks to us about coming back to our first love. And we can stay in awe and wonderment in the way we relate to God. 
So I want to give you a few things that I've been thinking about that about my heart about how we stay in awe and wonderment. Is that okay? <clears throat> a lot of you know these, a lot of you um, already practice these things. But I felt to share them. We need to be, have to become like little children in the way that we relate to Father. Uh, Jesus talks about this in Matthew 18, 3 in the Passion. Jesus puts a little child on his lap and he says, Learn this well. Unless you dramatically change your way of thinking, whoa, and become teachable like a little child, you will never be able to enter in. Whoa. And then in Mark 10, 15, in the Passion Translation, whoever does not open their arms to receive God's kingdom like a teachable child will never enter into it. So just think about it for a minute. What are kids like? Wow, they're so innocent. I have the privilege of watching my grandchildren and hanging out with them especially the two and three-year-old, Bella, who's two, Brielle, who's four. I learned a lot. Brad talks about this too. Um, <clears throat> they trust. They take their parents at their word. If their parents are good parents, when their parents says they'll do something, they believe it. If the parent says they're going to take them skiing next Saturday, they never question it. They trust. <clears throat> they're teachable and they play. They're not worried so much when they're little like this, if they fit in, I know they'll come to our front door and they'll just run right through after they greet us to the toy box and start playing. Um, last Sunday night, I went to bed giggling because they're so playful with their imaginations. We'd had a special steak lobster tail dinner for Brent and Matt. And I saw, all of a sudden I saw that Brielle and Bella, the two-year-old and three-year-old, taking the empty, empty lobster tail shells and they were flying them standing like airplanes over the table. And I just chuckled like the imagination, the fun. They didn't think, oh, this isn't proper. I shouldn't do this. Their little minds went to, these are airplanes. <laughs> oh no, actually they were dinosaurs. Yes, of course, crustaceans, dinosaurs. Um, <clears throat> They don't think, am I good enough to do this? Will I fit in? Should I be doing this? Like off, often we get caught up in that. Am I spending too much doing this? I mean, I do. I can relate to this. What will other people think if I do this? They enthusiastically, spontaneously enter in and stay in the moment. I remember um, at the door, my other daughter, Amy, was offering to take one of the little girls climbing and there was never a thought that came out of her mouth like we would as adults. Do you think I can do this? Do you think I'll be strong enough to do this? Uh, uh, should I spend the money? <laughs> the only question she had was, and I laughed because her mom really likes shoes. Do I have to have special shoes? <laughs> so we need to become like kids. We want to relate to father and we want to stay in awe and wonderment. I also like to suggest we need to be stay fully present. I mean, I think uh, 
many of you have been conversations with people that aren't fully present. You're trying to talk to, about something and they're on their phones and, and you're trying to share something you thought they were ready to engage in a conversation. And um, all of a sudden they, you realize they didn't take anything in and they asked you to repeat it and you realize they weren't listening at all. They were distracted. They were multitasking. They were not fully present. So we need to practice being fully present. One of the, it's really especially easy in nature. And uh, I'll give an example from my own life. I often do the same walk right out my back gate because it's so beautiful. There's a bike path. There's uh, the 12 mile Cooley ravine on one side, but you know, it can seem the same. And so often I'll just practice looking at things as if I'm seeing them for the first time or looking at a grove of trees, a certain same grove of aspen trees uh, <clears throat> at different times of day, say, you know, comparing a morning walk, the way the sun is falling on the trees to a late afternoon walk when the sun is setting and just to realize, wow, father's painted a different picture with different lighting and it looks totally different and just appreciate. Sometimes I'll just play a little game with myself and pretend I'm transplanted somewhere else, like to a different state, like Denver, Colorado, or somewhere else like BC. And I just, I notice I'm on the same walk saying the same things, but I take more notice. I take more interest. And I think that is being fully present, not taking things for granted not being going to the old this is old this is so familiar <clears throat> kind of related but another point is how to stay in on one is to get out in nature nature is god's second book we can read the bible but we can see we can see his glory awe and wonderment in nature go out and look at the trees look at the sunset when you're walking along and father brings a bird to a tree beside you do you stop i do <laughs> just stop and look at it realize, wow that bird lighted there for you i've seen the most beautiful downy and hairy woodpeckers recently on my walks Sit under the stars, marvel at his handiwork, marvel at his creation. <clears throat> Another thing is believe. I know that sounds crazy, believe. I just wrote down believe. A verse that's been coming home to me a lot that I've been reflecting on a lot since the new year is one that you're all familiar with. Hebrews 11, verse 6, where it says, um, anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists and he is a rewarder of those that earnestly seek him. Now, I won't go into the second part so much about the reward. That's a different message. But just anyone who comes to God must believe 
that he exists. I've been actually thinking about that and pondering on that a lot. Again, it's the opposite of taking things for granted, getting used to his presence, getting used that, that the God of all creation is there with us. Like sometimes uh, when I'm meditating on certain scriptures or I'm sitting and soaking, it's almost like I want to pinch myself and stop and go, this is real. It gets me so excited. Um, for example, um, Lamentations 325, when it says, his mercies are new every morning. Do you get that? His mercies are new every morning. That means today's a fresh day. He's loving you today as much or more than he loved you yesterday. He's loving you today as much as he loves his son, Jesus. Whoa, he's loving you today. I often say this to myself, as if you hit a home run message out of the ballpark or fed 300 people at a soup kitchen. He's loving you today. He's in love with you. And I just, like I said, I have to stop and pinch myself and go, this is real. This is a reason to pause, be thankful, and be in awe and wonderment. Another verse that's just been really, really, I just meditate on a lot is Zephaniah 317, where he says, the Lord your God is with you. He's mighty to save. He'll take great delight in you. He'll comfort you with his love. He'll rejoice over you with singing. And it's just like, wow, when you stop and think about this is real. He's the God who stretched out the heavens, who laid the foundations of the earth, takes delight in me, each one of you, us, little me. We can cause him to sing. This isn't like a stern, distant, awesome, fearful God. He's like, we can cause him to sing. Delights a little old me, as Stephen Hill says. That one, you just want to stop, pinch yourself and go, this is real. There's so much. We have so much going for us. We do need to stop, pause, feel overwhelmed with the awe and wonderment of his goodness, of his presence, of his reality in our lives. Okay, how to stay in awe and wonderment. I'm going to go quick over this one, but I'm going to just say get over hurts, offenses, and blame. It's pretty hard to stay in awe and wonderment when we're holding on to past offenses. And, you know, this has been a season in the church and in kingdom where it's been really easy. The enemy has been truly trying to war with and bring in division, bring in uh, sides, bring in camps. And I think that each of us, um, it's really important that we take the responsibility for our own hearts. And we're the ones who are going to get blessed. To get rid of all judgments, all offenses, to do what we need to do. We don't have to agree but we can move in the opposite spirit, which is love and inclusion. And each of us knows what that will mean to our own hearts. We each know where we're at and we each know the work we have to do to get, to get back to that place of being free of bitterness, judgment, hurts, offenses. 
Okay, stay in the tree of life. <laughs> the Bible talks about two trees, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And I know a lot of you know this. Um, James Jordan does a whole teaching on this, the two trees. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil <clears throat> keeps us in our head, keeps us going to judgments. This is right. This is wrong. Um, but the tree of the knowledge of life is where we receive love and where we dream with father and where we receive and believe all the dreams he has for us since the beginning of time, since before we were in our womb. So father wants us to stay in the tree of life where we receive his love, where we can dream with him. And as soon as we go to the tree of knowledge and um, uh, to knowledge of good and evil, we can go to unbelief. We can stop dreaming. We can stop believing all the promises and the words that he's spoken over us. So we need to stay in the knowledge, stay in the tree of life. <clears throat> and then lastly, he wants us to return to our first love. And Revelations 2, 4, I read this before I read the whole thing. In the NIV, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. And then in the Passion Translation, it says, you have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. That grieves God's heart. <laughs> I've already said this, but just do you remember, just take a few minutes again and remember when you first came to know the Lord, how excited you were, how thrilled you were, how new it was for you and wonderful. Or the first time you heard his voice, when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, like you just couldn't get enough of him, enough of being with other believers you would sacrifice to go to all the meetings. You just couldn't wait. I remember uh, a time before I went to YWAM, I was about 25, almost 25. And I had been teaching outdoor education in Ontario for three years. And I'd heard God's voice to go to YWAM to do mission work. But I'd, I'd given up my dream job, my career, I'd sold my vehicle, well, which was really a lemon, but it was my only vehicle and my first vehicle. <laughs> I didn't have any security. I downsized from living in a nice cottage on a river to being living in this dorm, empty dorm room at a school where I was teaching no furniture. I had a bed and a boom box because it was the 80s. But I remember the joy in my heart I'm just going to sleep at night with worship music on all by myself and just praising him. And he was so real. Yeah. Take yourself back to those moments where you were in awe and wonderment when you first came to know the Lord, because he's saying, come back to your first love, repent and do the things you did at first. <clears throat> And just thinking of the little boy in the plane 
looking out the window. He was looking out the same window as everybody else. But he was seeing things that they never saw. And he was seeing things differently. I want to stay in that place like that little boy of awe and wonderment. And I heard someone say, I want to be like Elf. When he saw Santa on the movie, he was jumping up and down, jumping up and down. He was going, I know you, I know you, I know you, I know you, Santa. And I want to be like that, a little kid so full of enthusiasm and energy that when Jesus comes, I'm going, I know you, I know you, I know you. Like, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. I'm head over heels. I want to be like David when he said in Psalm 139 verses five and six, with your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me to really believe that this is just too wonderful, deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. I want to say we were made for wonder because God is a God of wonder. We're made for wonder. And how can we do this? We have to get back to our first love. We have to stay like little kids with father, with Papa God. We have to believe. We have to practice on wonder. And that's it. But I'm wondering if you're willing, before we jump into any comments or questions, if I can just pray for you. I feel like I've been... uh, there's something that God wants to do in each one of you as I've been meditating on this to pour out a fresh baptism of awe and wonderment. Can I pray for each of you for that? Is that okay? And then if there's any comments or questions, we can open it up. So father, I I know that I didn't deliver this perfectly this morning. And yet I pray that you just take my words and you would, Uh, pour revelation, understanding, insight into each person's heart who's tuning in now or later. And Father, I would ask for each one of us, each one of us, none of us are too old. I'm open that the older I get, the younger, the more childlike I can receive. I pray for each one of us that that would be true that you would baptize us again. You would pour out your love in such a way as in a refreshment, a baptism of awe and wonderment that we would, we would want to stay in that place of innocence, trust, belief, faith in who you are, what you say you're going to do, you're going to do who you are is who you are. Loving, faithful, God of covenant. 
God of mercies, God who's faithful. So I pray, Father, for a fresh baptism in each one of us of awe and wonderment. May we stay in that place of grace and where we've gotten tired, where things have become familiar, where we've even gotten cynical. Fearful, Father, we would ask for your forgiveness. We pray that you pour that fresh, fresh love, that fresh love that draws us to yourself in awe and wonderment into each of our hearts more and more. Amen.